Hello everyone, you're listening to J Movie Talk, episode 173, as I'll be talking Ghostbusters 2. You gotta do something! Help me! Don't talk to me, talk to my attorney. That's me! My guys are still under a judicial estrangement order. That blue thing I got from her, they could be exposing themselves. And you don't want us exposing ourselves. <laughs> all right and i am back and i am joined on this episode by former co-host of the show way 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 back in his infancy stage my other half of the kita and jay show co-host the one the only miss kita hubbard how you doing ma'am Hello, Mr. J. Jazz. Good to be back on Movie Talk to talk about some, you know, Ghostbusters. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I was like, you know, when, when I came up with the idea, because this is the end of movie sequel month um, and everything. The previous episodes that I did were mm. Terminator 2, um, House Party 2, um, and then the one I just did here last week, which was... Um, evil dead 2 and now i'm here for ghostbuster 2 and i was like you know what i should have you know kita join me to talk about this movie so yeah oh thank you for thinking about me i actually watched this movie so well, well, well i, I <laughs> hope I'm you not... watched it <laughs> so we're gonna talk about no it. i'm talking about beforehand okay, okay beforehand i watched it yeah so i know like pretty much most of your cast i think i think i'm confident in this episode no, I might be a little arrogant, but you know, we see. All right. Well, well, just because of that, I, I will throw in a, a <laughs> couple of um, trivia things. A few of them that I didn't even know in this. Many times I watched this movie, I didn't. I just found out just here this last time that I watched it for this episode, um, or whatnot. But um, but yeah, right off the bat, um, just before we actually get into discussing it, just wanted to go through the cast and the director and the synopsis. So. This movie was directed by Ivan Reitman, who directed the first Ghostbusters movie. And he's actually done quite a few movies with Bill Murray um, before this and a few after this as well. So um, let's see if you have heard of any of these other movies that he's directed with Bill Murray. Um, movie called, okay. Movie called Meatballs, which came out in 1979. It's like a camp movie. I, I heard of it, but... Right, I heard of it, but never saw it. Okay. Um, and then a f- couple of years after that, he does the um, kind of um, army comedy movie called Stripes, which came out in 1981, which again starred Bill Murray and Harold Ramis was also in that one as well. Um, never heard of this one, but I'm certain I saw a, a VHS tape that had this name on it, but I'm not certain. Well, I say is is Bill Murray, is Harold Ramis, um, John Candy's in it. it. It's actually like I say, it's a comedy, really, with them basically. Mm. Doing it. They join the army because their lives are pretty much basically crap at this point. Because Bill Murray's like a cab driver whose life was just in shambles. Harold Ramis, his character, I think he was like a like a teacher or something, and they just and their lives was like really going nowhere. So they decided to join the army just for the hell of it or whatnot. 
Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, it, it, it's it, but it's funny though. Um, I think you'll like it if you ever saw it. Um, and then of course this movie in eighty, uh, not this movie, but the first Ghostbusters in eighty four, and then mm. in nineteen eighty eight he does the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Right, I, I saw that one. <laughs> and then a year after Ghostbusters two, he does Kindergarten Cop once again with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. That's that one too. Um, he does this another movie where Arnold and Danny DeVito, DeVito, which I like to forget, called Junior, where it's the one where Arnold he gets. Oh pregnant. yes, uh, yes. Uh, you know what? One of my family members is a huge fan of Bill Murray, so probably more than you think. I saw some of his movies. Like I actually saw these. Uh, yeah, okay. but this, crazy. But yeah. just kind of looking at. It, uh, Ivan Reitman's uh, filmography. He's done a few movies with Bill Murray, a few with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito too. So it's like those are like some of his go-to guys, um, you know, as far as his directing goes. And then getting into the cast of this movie. So of course we got all of our main leads from the first movie returning. You know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis. Um, Rick Moranis, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, she returns also. So those are the, all the holdovers from the first movie. Then we get some newer characters that show up in this one. Uh, Peter McNichol as uh, Johan, that sleazy uh, dude from the from the museum that, and everything. And uh, your boy from um, from No Holds Barred, that, that was the executive producer. He shows up here. Because I thought about that and everything when he showed up. I was like, yeah, can you just go build this episode? And he's in this. So this is another movie with this nutcase showing up um, and everything. But And then we got some like cameo appearances throughout the movie, too. Uh, one of the ones that I really enjoy is, is uh, the Cheech Marin um, cameo. It's like the dock worker when the Titanic show up. And just that look on his face the whole time is priceless um, and everything. So... That's that's pretty much like your main cast of characters. Um, so the movie kicks off with um, with Dana, you know, because it's five years later. So they're kind of keeping it in continuity because the movie does take place five years after the original movie in 1989. So mm-hmm. there's that continuity. And it kicks off with uh, Dana, who now has a baby, baby Oscar and everything. And she's, you know, going home and everything like that. And she gets to her building and she's talking to the, the property manager and everything and as she's standing there talking she noticed that the baby carrot starts to pull away from her and <laughs> right when she tries to get it this thing just starts going crazy all over the place and everybody that's, that sees it is trying to stop it it goes all out in traffic and everything and right before it's literally about to get hit by this bus it stops and she runs up and she grabs Oscar out of the um, carriage and everything what do you think about how this movie opens I should like that. Um, the crazy thing is, I thought I watched the first one. I only watched like clips of it. I was just like, damn. I was like, I don't remember such and such and such. I was like, oh, I always went to this one, not the first one. So when I saw it, like in the beginning, like you had like the gooey on the ground, and then that's when she rolled over it. And that's when basically, you know, the baby 
and the stroller, you know, when AY whatever. And it was it actually was good. It was like, oh, okay, like the Ghostbusters, like you get that right off the bat, something is happening, and you can tell she's gonna be one of the main characters, like right off the bat. You know, far if you never saw it before. Like, okay, why is this goo going out to at the child, you know, versus someone else? True. Um and everything, but it it's just crazy like how this movie opens. It and in a weird way, it kind of sets you up for what you're going to see throughout the rest of the movie to some degree um, and everything. Yeah. So after that, we get where we see the, the Ecto-1 is, you know, flying down the road, hitting them corners real hard and damn near running over people at the same time and smoke coming all out of, out of the thing. And we thinking, oh, okay, so, you know, they rushing off because, you know, the Ghostbusters, you know, they stealing business or whatnot. That's what we're thinking. And they get to this house and, you know, they go inside and the lady's like, yeah, uh, maybe you guys can take care, you know, can can handle this and this, that, and the other. And it's because it's Ray and Winston um, that's doing this. And it's like, yeah, we should be able to handle this. And when they go inside, we realize that they're at a freaking birthday party and the Ghostbusters are not what they used to be anymore and they basically get get trash talked by these kids <laughs> and everything because they wanted he-man instead of the ghostbusters and yeah they basically get shut down by a bunch of little kids uh, because now they're they're relegated to doing birthday parties um so what do you think about the fact that the ghostbusters have been relegated to this you know after saving the city at the end of the first it's- so basically, they like lower management or whatever from my other podcast. So when I saw this, I was just like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Okay, they they going on the mission," but I'm like, "Where's the other two, right?" You know, like as far as like trying to remember everything, and I'm like, "Okay, why is these kids here?" And then they just literally just like, "Okay, they got torch or whatever torture," and then they took the money and bounced. So I'm just like, that was kind of, I, I guess to like basically get like this is their low. Yeah. Because basically the city basically uh, have a restraining order against them, and it's like, but they kind of saved the, they saved the city, but you're gonna still make them, I guess, pay for the damages by you know restraining them because they know they definitely will go back and trying to hunt down ghosts. So basically, it was like no ghost thing for real for them in a way. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you bring it up about the whole thing about them getting sued by the city and and, and everything like that because. I think this is the only movie that I've ever seen where the heroes, after saving the city the previous time, where they have been sued by the city for actually saving yeah. everybody. <laughs> it's like, really? I-, I can't recall another one like that because I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. Like, and, and then, like, you. And then you put them in the nut house. And I was like, that is very. I'm like, how do you do that, like, with no. You know, documentation, like, no real evidence, you know, like, I oh, mean, I, I know that was, like, kind of crazy, but, no, I'm just saying, like, that. just the, all that rap in one, like, it was just kind of, the logic was kind of, like, a little wiggly for me, so I'm gonna let it go. But it's almost like, that's almost like, you know, they say, hey, alright, John McClane, we know you saved the city, we say, you saved the day at the no. end of Die Hard, but because the Nakatomi Plaza got destroyed, we're gonna blame you for all of this, you know? It's right, like, you gotta pay damages. You gotta work here for free. Like really, like, the rest of your life. All the, all the Avengers, like, hey, yeah, we know that that you guys saved the city, you know, the world from the, uh, being destroyed 
and everything, but because New York was destroyed, yeah, we got we got to sue you guys. That's like right. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of messy. Like, like, hey, Batman. Hey, yeah, you, 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 I'm suing you too. So you can't put your stuff in the in the sky no more. After you pay your bill, you can. That's what I see. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but um, the first trivia thing that I have for you, so. You know, the little kid, the one that gets up and raises faces, like, he says, like, yeah, my dad said that you guys are full of crap and all this type of stuff, right? So, that kid is actually uh, the director, Ivan Reitman's son, and he himself is a director. Well, he went on to become a director, and he's a director now, and he mm. actually will be directing the Ghostbusters 3, which is the one that's the sequel to this movie. Uh, I saw. I, okay, well, I didn't see it, but I saw it on my um, on, on my YouTube TV, and I, I was tempted to watch it, but I, I chose the first one. <laughs> no, 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 not 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 no no not the one with the women. Not no, not not that one. Oh, not that one. I'm talking about no. There's a new movie that's coming out. Uh, Paul Rudd, who plays Ant Man, he's starring in it, and um, uh, uh the kid of, uh, I think it's uh Finn Wolfhard that plays on um. Stranger Things that kind of looks like Egon actually. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, yeah. no, a whole different. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it, like I said, it's a it's a sequel to to these movies. It, it has nothing to do with mm. that Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Okay. So, I wonder if they're going to be in it, like you know, like cameos with the you know with the original ones. And then that's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw the women one, but like no, we're I like I, I did. Was Bill Murphy in that one, or he shows up? Well, I mean, uh, all of them show up for like a quick second, except for uh, Harold Ramis, because Harold Ramis, you know, he passed away in twenty fourteen. But um, yeah. the other, the other three uh, do show up for like a quick second or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but but yeah, but that, uh, okay. but the actual, the true Ghostbusters three is the sequel to these movies not it doesn't have anything to do with that other one but he's gonna be well he's the director for that one and everything so i just thought it kind of oh gotcha when he says that line like hey my dad says you guys are full of crap (laughs) because his dad is the director (laughs) so yeah actually i think his daughter was in this one too uh she was the uh the, the girl with the puppy right yeah. Well, was that his daughter? I forgot I, the lady I, name. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. That's the white. Hold on. Well, no, I, I think look. that's I, the daughter. I think, I think it is. She she played on Working Moms. I forgot her name right now. Hold on. Uh, damn. She played on Netflix on the, the Working Mom series. Uh, it's a Canadian show. I'm blanking on her name. But I saw something like early today that she was like, the yes. um, she's related to them. I think. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. That is her. It's her name. Cat, Catherine, Kareem. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I know it's something like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, she's the girl with the puppy. Yes, and uh, right. yeah. The show working moms. Yeah. Okay. And she. Was okay, on, yeah, I love that show. And she was on a couple of episodes of Blackish. You know, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's pretty funny. She's okay. Nothing, you know, like oh my god, but she she's good. She she. Was if you want to laugh, you go to her. She was also to a certain in, in a couple of episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She was Oh, I can see that. Okay. Let's see. She was in yeah. she been she been around for a minute though. She's been around for a while. Well, yeah. But like I don't think a, a lot of stuff is like, you know, like big, big, big. 
But uh, I think people know her more now, I think, is from, like, the Working Moms on... It's a Canadian show that comes on Netflix. Oh, yeah. She was also in... Uh, she was in Kindergarten Cop, too. <laughs> what her in it, too? Or was that... Um... Somebody else was in there, too. Getting gotten caught with uh, Bill Murray. So one of them other ones... Arnold was kindergarten cop. Oh, no. No. I'm thinking... Maybe... Damn. No matter. Whatever. Continue. Whatever. <laughs> it, it was... Her, he was in one of them, but I don't know. I can't think right now. Alright. So... So, um... Just... Well, we kind of already discussed that. That was my next question, actually, about... About them getting sued and everything. So, um... After the whole thing that happens with Dana um, and baby Oscar or whatnot, she goes to Egon, you know, like, hey, there's, you know, some weird stuff going on uh, and everything. I need some help. So who better than to come to you guys? Right. And mm. yeah, that's when he's doing like this experiment or social, you know, experiment thing with this with a family that's in a waiting room and just see how they react or whatnot, which is weird in itself that he's that's what he's doing. Um, and everything, but she, you know, like, yeah, explains to him, like, what happened and everything, and then it kind of gets brought up about, uh, Peter Venkman or whatnot, it's, it's like, well, have you talked to Peter? Like, no. Like, well, has he mentioned me? Like, no. And everything, but it's just the way Egon is looking, like, <laughs> you know, it's just that look that he always gives on his face, like, what's going on inside his mind is, like, it makes you wonder, like, what exactly goes on in his mind? Um and everything, but yeah, like you said too, that the girl with the puppy. That's um. So both of his kids are in this movie, um and everything. See, I didn't even know that. So yeah, you, you let me know something because I didn't. I didn't even know that she was his daughter. So yeah, because I was trying to look for like other stuff with her in it, mm-hmm. like the next licks, and then because first I was looking at Ghostbusters just to see like, you know, like what year it came out. Because I, I I don't know why I kept thinking it was in the nineties. I don't know why. And I was like, okay, come on this year. And then I went to something else and I came across her. I was like, oh, yeah, let me see, like, when the new season come. And then it, like, popped up that, you know, she was in. I was like, oh, she was in that one. Hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. So after Dana meets up with Egon, you know, try to help find out what exactly happened and whatnot, is where we see what good old Peter Venkman is up to. And he's hosting this terrible psychic show (laughs) Jesus (laughs) terrible yeah and he has these two guests on there because they want to talk about they have you know thoughts about when exactly the world is going to end and the first guy he says that the world is going to end on New Year's Eve you know and everything that year you know this year in 1989 when the movie takes place Yeah. and Peter kind of you know kind of makes folks fun and it's like oh well you know it's, it's not really good for book sales and this that and the other you should have said it was gonna be such and such whatever and he legit like no i have a strong psychic ability you know feeling like this is when the world mm. is gonna end and so peter's like well for your sake i hope it is <laughs> what not? he's like well my name my Jesus. has another um you know date and this woman she starts talking about <laughs> the fact that it was an alien you know, at a hotel and everything that tells her that the world is going to end on February 14th, 2016. Um, 
Just what'd you think about this whole uh, I'm like, if she would have said 2020, and I'd be like, you know what? You was you you on that path. <laughs> it was just a lot to take in. It was funny at the same time, I was like, okay, what the hell is Peter doing with his life? And it's like he looked irritated. And then after that, you know, he's like, what the hell with these guests? It's like, it was a short notice. But <laughs> <laughs> my question to you, do you think, like, I know people who do this, like, every, I mean, I ain't been here this long. But so, like, every decade, they're like, oh, the world's going to end. Oh, the world's going to end. Oh, oh, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, 1990, and then you got, like, the 2000s, especially the 2000s. And then, like, 2010, I heard somebody say that before, and then 2020, you know, so I always hear like every decade, like the world's going to end on some type of shit like that. Yeah, pretty much. You have these doomsday theorists that just, and it's like, why? Why do you sit around and you think about it? Like, oh, oh, the world's going to end, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, but mm. no man knows when the world I, is going to end. Right. I kind of get the two thousands because if you're in the nineties, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a two thousand to a certain extent. Literally, short story, real quick. So my mother and my father literally left me with my grandmother on night uh nineteen ninety nine New Year's before two thousand mm-hmm. to go see if the world was going in when the ball drop in New York. I'm like, so you left your kids behind to go see if the world going in? Gotcha. <laughs> well, <laughs> and they came back like, oh, we we we're here. I'm like, yeah, but you but you left your kids like they the only reason they went to not to go see the ball drop. They they obviously see that just to see where the world's gonna end that but, that time like. But if but if the world is gonna end, it doesn't matter where they were. <laughs> you know. I get I get that, but I was just saying from a a kid standpoint. No, I, like, know, I know, I know. So you left me. I mean, grandma, fine, that's cool, right? But I'm like, so y'all was that curious to leave your family behind to go in another state? Well, we got family there too, but. At the time, like, uh, okay, that don't make sense. But it's like, oh, you know, it was a theory back then. You know, like, oh, it's going to end. So, I mean, when people talk and some people, like, believe it, some people don't. So. Yeah, I mean, I never still understand that whole, oh, the world's going to end in the, uh, in the year 2000. It's like, really? Like, how, how, how do you? Well, you know what, 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 what get me when people be like, oh, 2020 is going to be a great year. And you know, I was already going through emotions anyway. So I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> so when 2020 happened, I was like, mm, I ain't shocked at all. So. Well, well, it could be worse. <laughs> Even still, it could still be worse. <laughs> I mean, it is worse. You got people dying left and right. But okay, we, we can go back. My bad. This is my fault this time. <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah. So, so yeah. So after the show and everything, whatnot, you know, Peter he sees the mayor who's you know who's running for governor now, um, and everything. But he mm. tries to stop and say hello to the mayor, but uh, your friend from um uh, from No Holds Bar basically stiff arms him. Yeah, Her Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw some stuff from him before. I don't know why I, I gravitate to the bad guys, but he's like that goofy kind of bad guy. Yeah. And I don't know. I always liked the like the movies he played in or like shows he was on. I don't know. I just I don't know. Like he's like one of my guilty pledges. Like you not supposed to like him, but you do. So. Yeah, but here you're not supposed to take him yeah. too seriously either. Um, unlike uh, the dude yeah. from the first movie who basically because it is. He's never seen, but when they mention about um, 
them getting sued and everything. They do kind of vaguely mention mm-hmm. him because I think he the one that kind of led them getting sued um, at the after what happened at the first after the first movie or whatnot. They got picked for, mm-hmm. for the uh, EPA and everything. The reason that they even everything even happened at the end of the first movie was his fault, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he was the one that led the charge of them getting sued. But um, but yeah, he basically stops uh Vickner from talking to the mayor and everything or whatnot. But then it kind of got you thinking, like, you know, in this movie at the beginning, like nobody really wants to be associated with the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't know if you see yeah. that. <laughs> so even even the, the assistant, I forgot her name right now. I'm blanking on her name. But uh even her, uh damn what's her name? I just mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah, Jean, yes. Like she didn't really be bothered with them too, even for real. All right, so Dana is now she's not in the orchestra anymore because that's what she was in the first movie. Now she's working at this um, mm. this art um, museum, this restoration museum, basically. And what do you think about this sleazy old Yo Yano, <laughs> Doctor Yano? Should I say? Uh... What do you think about him? He, it, it's one of those things, like, at first I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, he just trying to just be a whole pervert to her, and then at the, like, towards the end, you kind of feel bad for him, like, it wasn't really his fault, but, the, but this part, he was his normal self, but, like, you know, the goo got on him, it just amped him up even more, but it was, like, hilarious how, um, Dana was just, like, give him the look, like, back the hell off, like, I don't want you. And he keep asking these personal questions. Then he like touched her show, but she had something in her hair. He probably put it in. Who knows? And she's like, what are you doing? Why Why are you touching me? And then he's just like, what? What? I, you want to go eat? We can go eat if you like. You know, what do you like to do? I'm like, oh, Lord. okay. He, you know, he's going to be one of the big pause in this movie. It's like kind of going to do something crazy. And I was correct. Yeah. I mean, but it just, and then that accent, and they even like, because even later on in the movie, Peter even asked, it was like, like, Yanni, where exactly are you from? He talks about from the Upper West Side? Like, Upper West Side of where you, you ain't from? Right. And then he was like, something about a green card, too. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, really? He said, keep it up, boy. You want to get your green card? I'm like, damn. Something like that. He said, I'm like, God damn. Okay. But that, but that damn. Was, Peter? Oh, yeah. But that accent was just terrible. And, uh, oh, Dana, 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 I ain't doing Dana, you know, Dana. Peter kind of sounds Japanese a little bit, but yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. He, he was the worst. Yeah. But um, another thing too, one of the biggest things from this movie is that we do through a lot of dialogue. We actually get like the history of what exactly and and everything just but what do you think about how their relationship is developed in this movie opposed to how it was in the first movie see i saw a little bit in in, in the first one it's like when she basically came in the first one like she needed help or whatever and then like he's trying to like you know move, he basically trying to get her or whatever and then i mean he eventually did but i like the part when it was in her house and he just like asking all these questions and she's like what the fuck like you're supposed to be here on business sir but in this movie, uh, they was, I forgot that movie we did on our show. Like, it, 
it wasn't on that level major league of, two? Uh, like charlie sheen yeah <laughs> it's not on that level but 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 i think when you had the baby involved and like her and actually you know a storyline of like why they taking the baby i let it pat like, like let it slide because like it's kind of like she's in it versus the other movie was just literally like Okay, you just trying to get laid in the way. So, well, this one too, but it's like the baby is involved. It's more of a danger, you know, in this movie. So, I didn't even mind that part, but like this, his interaction with her, you know, when they, you know, linked back up, it was kind of odd. And there's the house looking for stuff, the whole thing with the slime, and they try to figure out, you know, what it is. So they, you know, just doing tests on the baby. She's in the house, and then he's in there, and I think they leave him to do poop duty or something like that. And then she hears like a noise because he's playing with the baby. He's so cute with the baby. And she comes out and they had like this awkward exchange with each other. And then you could tell he still won the map. Like, oh, you know, he's ugly. Like, <laughs> with the father. <laughs> like, he asked all these questions like he did in the first one. So the back and forth. And then, like, they, she literally, like, in the tub with the baby basically got scared, went to his house. You know what I'm saying? Clean up or whatever. And then somehow they miraculously went on a date. Like, they, they fixed all their problems in this one movie in, like, probably, like, 15 minutes or whatever. But overall, like, the action was good. So okay. wasn't great, but it was good for, for what it was. Okay. So, yeah, in the midst of all of that, because, yeah, they end up... Because, remember, originally, uh, Dana didn't want Peter to know anything about what had happened and everything but oh yeah that, that's when ray comes in and he basically messed with his ears <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck like you could have kicked him in the nuts or something but okay <laughs> yeah i'm just like and then her um ego like uh don't don't don't, don't, don't do it and then he's like because he's like oh we helping the friends like what friend <laughs> and then he just squeezes man's ears so that was hilarious yeah, so that's how they all ended up at her place because they were doing like inspections on, you know, on uh, Oscar on where he sleeps, and then she ends up taking them out to the to the spot in the street where everything went down. And when they get out there in the street and everything, uh, Ray and Egon, they, you know, they use the uh, devices and everything, and it was like they getting some weird readings from underneath the ground. So later on, they pretending to be construction workers. And, oh, and they go there and they digging this big hole in the street and the cops they come right by like what's going on here they're like oh uh, well you know we just you know we about the phone lines and whatnot so they they kind of like yeah okay whatever so what it really was because they digging down to find out where what exactly is down there so um peter and uh egon they talk um Ray into basically zip lining down <laughs> into the tunnel, and we get this whole freaking tunnel that's filled with this pink ooze crap or whatnot. And while he's down there, the cops come back with the actual guy from the um from the city or whatnot, and it was like, okay, you guys aren't with the uh, phone company and everything. So who exactly are you with there thinking Peter doing his best to try to weasel his way out of it? And in the midst of all that, they're trying to pull Ray back up. And while his feet is kicking away, that he ends up kicking out the freaking power lines. And the city goes dark. So they get arrested, of course. <laughs> and they end up in court. <laughs> so um, just what do you think about the whole courtroom scene? All that in one setting was funny. Like I love the back to back because it's like it take you to like you know the foundations of what they looking for in the slime and and then they go to court and that whole 
thing with um Lewis Tully when he was in here, like he's like a tax lawyer or whatever. Yeah, and he was like, You be fine, you be fine. And I'm like, okay. And then like you have like Peter literally like give him what to say. And, like literally you can hear him. And the judge is like, What in the fuck is going on here? And then like the prosecutor the prosecutor just looked like, you know, she just irritated because um uh, Jack, he actually was like, you know, can you just take care of this case so we can just get this over with? Because he was like kind of the villain in the movie, like towards them. So it was funny. And then, like, basically at the end, the judge kept yelling because he found them guilty. And but all the evidence was and like the glue is on the table. And I think it was Eagle realized like it was moving because you know the emotions that he'd been doing this whole thing. So I like how it kind of comes together, like him, like the personality traits and all that he was doing. So when he saw that moving, you know, he's like. Sir, and then he just keep yelling, sir, and then he got like his uh, friend's attention, sir, and then it literally blow up, and then these damn brothers that I guess he put down, execute or whatever, they come out, and he like, what the fuck? Like his, I love his reaction to it. He's like, he probably one of the best reactions in this movie. Just like, oh my god, like he he don't believe in ghosts, and then like basically he wanted to help, like, can you help? Can you help? And, and they're like, I thought you didn't believe in ghosts. You know, wh what about this, you know, charge we have? And all? don't worry about that. It's all gone. And, you know, basically help. And I think the prosecutor got knocked down or something. And then everybody haul ass or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, that was a lot to take in. But it was hilarious. And Lois, like, he was funny. Like, I give him the, he, he was the spotlight in the courtroom for me. Just didn't know what the hell he was doing. But I love how they basically had the logic of, the judge don't believe in ghosts, and these ghosts coming after his ass, really, because he's yelling. And and then he eventually, like, okay, I I kind of believe. Without him saying it, really, like, okay, I kind of believe it. You know, please do your job. And then this when you get the relive, reboot Ghostbusters. <laughs> like I said, you know, that's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie because of everything that you pretty much explained. The whole courtroom, like Lewis, like you said, Lewis completely in over his head not knowing what the hell he's doing and in a in a weird way the ghosts if the ghosts actually saved them from going to jail because they was gonna go to jail <laughs> that's what's funny about it they was going to jail so in a weird way the ghosts actually saved them from going to jail and yeah the, the prosecutor lady she gets carried out by one of the ghosts really over and everything and then he's hit so like i said the judge he freaking out I was like no no it's like well you're next bubbles <laughs> and everything like that but yeah so they basically have to you know return to being the ghostbusters and then miraculously through that is where they're back in business and they're getting calls from here there everywhere all of a sudden so for five years they were dormant there was no type of ghostly activity but then all of a sudden they're back in business after one case and everything so it kind of makes you wonder like what was going on for those five years were there go was there actually still like ghost attacks but because they had been sued by the city so much that they couldn't actually practice being ghostbusters that this stuff was just going on and nobody would have reported to nobody so um so yeah like i said so after them you know getting back in business and everything um one of the like big things from this movie at least in the first half is that they're still trying to you know figure out what exactly is this pink ooze crap and why is it you know reacted the way it's reacted and we kind of get mm -hmm. like a foreshadowing of what would come later with the whole toaster thing when they <laughs> they do the little experiment 
you know, they put some of the ooze in the toaster and then they turn on Jack mm. Wilson and start playing it and they start <laughs> bopping back and forth and everything, which is, you know, I always like that scene too because looking at it from like a special effects point, it's like, how exactly did they do that? You know, yeah, it, that's funny. I like that. Too, yeah. It's, it's like one of those things like, because it, it's actually bouncing back and forth. So it's like, did, did, did they like re construct a, a toaster in, in, to do that or like it just how did they make this toaster do this um they probably had the people from disney world came up with something like that because you know sometimes they do that stuff in movies who knows yeah but uh, <laughs> i was very sarcastic yeah i'm disney world um, <laughs> i was waiting for that like really <laughs> i was very sarcastic but uh, well, i mean they did they did do stuff but go ahead no, but the reason why I bring it up because just about the special effects of for this movie, like some, I mean, yes, yeah, some of it does look, you know, a little cheesy and hokey. But in regards to like the toaster thing and a couple of other stuff that's like practical that you know is not like CGI or or anim, you know, animatronic or whatnot. It's like how exactly did they do that? Or in just from the special effects standpoint of this movie, like with the ghosts and and everything, like. How do you feel here? What thirty years later, um, and everything? Do you do you feel like it still holds up, or like, or does it look dated or anything like that? What what with the toaster scene, or just in general? No, just in general, as far as like the special effects, like, do you feel like it still holds up thirty years later? Um, yeah, yeah, because I saw worse movies, especially that one with with the the tall man. That's what it's called. That shit. Oh god, terrible. Um. But yeah, yeah, I think it holds up actually. It's not bad. Okay. Yeah, cause I, I mean, like you say with me, like certain stuff in the movie. I mean, yeah, like the whole bathtub thing. Yeah, that you could tell that's you know CGI. The early stages of like CGI yeah. with animatronics, animatronics yeah. or whatnot. You can tell that. Um, but but like, it, but it wasn't like bad. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like oh god. It's more like okay, this was in this era. You kind of could see, it. and then even now, it's like okay, I still can watch it. Like if you watch something else from like. That era, you know, like real goofy. You be like, okay, this is just terrible. Like, it just, it's, uh, ugh. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Because there are some movies, and you just try to figure out like how. And we talking like we're not talking like low budget movies, you know, because low budget movies they don't have the mm-hmm. money for it. So yeah, it kind of has to look somewhat hokey or whatnot. But when you have these bigger budget movies, and you can look at one movie and the special effects look really good, and then you look at another movie that has relatively the same budget, if not more money, and the special effects look terrible. You'd be like, what the hell happened? Like, <laughs> what did they do over that? So, but, um, so, uh, after that, yeah, so, speaking of the whole bathtub thing, so, you know, once again, this is like the second time that Dana and Oscar is basically about to be attacked, but this time it's in the freaking bathtub. Where she's getting ready to give Oscar a bath, and then the pink ooze started coming into the tub, and then it comes to this like it almost looked like the thing from the blob, actually. You know what? Now she turns around, and there it is. And at least she she had the wherewithal to get the hell out of there. She didn't just stand there or whatnot. And so she rushes over to uh, Peter's place, and she's bamming on the door. And this scene always strikes me it's like he wakes up because he was he was laying face down on the couch, still with his coat on it's like what the hell was he mm-hmm. doing before this <laughs> like what was he doing he, he was drunk one he or he's tired i 
I, I did that before multiple times. Woke up like I literally had everything on. One time I had like my damn bag on, book bag on, or like my purse, like literally under me. Like what the hell? Like you literally couldn't take that time to take all that stuff off. Like even once I had gum in, like I literally had gum in my mouth and literally had like the soda literally tipped over. That's how tired I was. Like somebody just not be cold outside. I understand what he was doing here. Did how he got up? I'm like, oh. What? Who is banging at my door? Especially if it's good sleep, though. And then she literally is naked. So I like this part. Oh, not because she's naked, but like, okay, she got the fuck out of it. Like you were saying, like her screaming and oh my gosh, she's just standing and she died or whatever. I like how she get out and I like how the logic of like the, her and the baby still naked. It's not like, oh, they had clothes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, how how she get clothes while she was running out in panic and she literally got the fuck just you know she grabbed her coat you know she needs something on you know in New York you know they think you one of the the city girls or whatever so I like that part it was like I like their interaction and then you just see his house is very dirty and eventually <laughs> she cleans the shit up so. and he's like oh no when, when he came into jail I'm like what the hell I was like what's wrong like, what? I'm like what the hell like, oh no oh no it's clean and, and then I like how she come out the tub and shit that was hilarious I'm like. That was actually perfect, like for them. Yeah, yeah, that, that, but yeah, that's that is precedent. She ended up eventually clean. Cause when you do see his place the first time, this place is got clothes everywhere. It just, it just a mess. And then when he take her into the room, he got clothes thrown all over the place. The bed isn't even really made up. It's like, damn, Peter's like, what the hell have you been doing? Like, what do you? Maybe that's what you do. He just come home and just fall asleep face first on the couch and then. She, that's how you sleep. You know, you sleep in the bed or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so they get there and everything and or whatnot. And it's just more like the relationship is kind of growing between her and, um, Peter. And it's really because of his relationship with Oscar and everything. And just how he like gravitates to the kid. Cause early on in the movie, you know, he tells Oscar, he's like, you know, I could have been your dad. I should have been your father. No, he said, like, yeah, I could have been your father. I should have been your father. <laughs> it's basically what he said and everything. So he has like a good relationship with the baby. And it's like, she really enjoys that. And you can tell that she, you know, is like her old feelings for him are coming back and everything. But one of the funniest parts of this, and I don't know if you caught this, when, when they're there in the room after he puts on the uh, Joe Namath uh, t-shirt on Oscar to use as a freaking pamper or whatnot, which is ridiculous. Um, and everything when she's like, you know, it's getting really late. You know, it's, I think I should put him down. And Peter's like, may I? And she's like, she's like, okay. And then he starts like, you're bald, your belly button sticks out. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause she said, put him down. So he literally puts the baby down. <laughs> it's like, the hell is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with him? But but I, I like his humor in the movie because he's not like that. Oh, he's so adorable there, you know. He's a cute kid, he's not mine. It's like oh like he literally belittles this child. The child that's so cute is looking like, Who the fuck are you people? Because <laughs> I didn't know they was twins. So I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, Oh, these are twins. Gotcha. But it's just funny with the way she says it, like, yo, it's late. I should be I should put him down. And he's like, Me, I and then he just starts putting the baby. he literally starts putting the baby down. It's like, oh, he's terrible. Right. Exactly. And then he, like, literally trying to um get in the bed. He's like, well, this is my side. And if I turn over here, you'll hear him get in my mouth. But I'm just like, he's just, they're just hilarious together. It was fun. And then he basically took the couch again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for everybody. <laughs> sleep face down on the couch. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So now one of the biggest things for me from a character standpoint from the first movie to this movie is what they do with the assistant Janine and how they change her from what she was in the first movie because she was more, you know, but yes, and everything in the first movie and she mm-hmm. was attracted to more mm-hmm. where right. But then in this movie, you know, she she's more like she has more like a Trash. sassy. Well, I was gonna say sassy way about her. Um, yeah, that's it, man. And, and everything, and she's more attracted to Lewis. Um, what do you think about like how they kind of changed her character and the fact that they switched mm-hmm. her attraction to Lewis? Uh, I mean, it's still in a geeky, like, kind of, like, stage, though. Like, she liked the geeky boys. Nothing wrong with geeky boys. So, I, I see that resemblance in them, too. Like, kind of, a little bit. But he's, like, way more geeky yeah. than uh, Egon is. Because um, in the first one, I went back today and watched most of it. Kind of, a little bit. One off. But I saw, I was like, oh, okay, she's attracted to him. So, um, it was fine. I mean, Igor was more, like, I don't think he needed that, like, screen time with, like, her because you got the whole thing with Peter and Dana. Yeah. So it's like, at least these two, this is more like the secondary or, like, literally at the bottom. So it really don't really affect it because I think you had too many relationships. It, I think it would clash a little bit. Like, you got literally, like, two out of the four have relationships and other two. So I think Bill, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Peter having a relationship with Dana, it made sense with the baby because that's the storyline. But him having it with her, it's like, in this one, it's like, okay, five years later, you know, he's over because he's basically a professor. He moved on in his life. She moved on being whatever she is. And it, it was fine. Like, I like how like her and uh, Lois was together. So when I think of Lois, I, I think of a woman. But okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so after that, uh, they decide to, well, I should say Ray, Egon, and Winston, they decide because they need to investigate more about that pink ooze crap underground. So this is where the whole thing where Dana and Peter's going out on a date. When they come showing up dressed like they're supposed to go on a damn fishing boat somewhere, but they're going underground. <laughs> and... You know, they talk, so come on, Pete, we can go down there. And, and so Dana, she was basically like, he ain't going nowhere with y'all. <laughs> he going with me. And, and I don't think Peter really wanted to go with him anyway. So that's where they go their separate ways. So they go out to dinner, and the guys, they end up going underground or whatnot. And I remember as a kid watching this, this this like this part used to freak me out with them walking on this train track that is just completely black around them. I don't know why they always just used to freak me out. So while they down there and everything, that's when they get attacked by these skulls out of nowhere attacks them. And then a freaking ghost train <laughs> comes out of nowhere and, and literally goes through Winston or whatnot. Um, just what do you think about like them going down there and just being harassed by these uh, ghosts? That, that was a funny scene. Like, it was... Well... It's supposed to be scary, but like just the interaction with those throughout Peter, like you can still see the chemistry, you know, like what the you know what the group and stuff like that. So I like how they went and they eventually went back to Peter with the whole dinner thing and then you know Ray with the slime. But like it was it was good. It was a good interaction and like they got close up with the ghosts and they found like you no know, more clues. It, it literally felt like kind of like Scooby Doo, but just 
with ghosts and like it's like real. <laughs> That's yeah. what I got from this a little bit. Like it's kind of like a Scooby Doo one, a little bit. And then of course the whole thing when they dare at the doggone um, river of slime and you know Ray he throws it just to see how deep it goes and he throws in the the ruler and then thing starts getting pulled and then he gets snatched into the no it wasn't him it was Winston that gets snatched into it that's right Winston gets snatched in so then Ray and Egon's like well we gotta go save him so they jump into it too and or whatnot and because we find out that this ooze it. The tunnel it leads to the art museum where Dana worked because of that whole Vigo painting thing or whatnot, and so they come up out of the sewer and they literally about to kill each other, and then that's when they realize like this ooze stuff it really is the manifestation of evil, and because of all the anger and bitterness in the city is being built up, and that's how this stuff is even being conjured up basically. So yeah, so then they end up going to the restaurant. In they doggone long johns because they had to take off all their clothes. <laughs> so they go down in they long johns. And Peter looking like, who the hell? It's almost like, I don't know these dudes. <laughs> like, who the hell are y'all? <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, type of thing. So while they're there, that's when the police show up. So they end up going downtown and everything. And that's when they meet with the mayor, who he actually wants to meet with them now or whatnot. And they try to explain the whole situation to him. But he kind of sort of brushes them off to some degree and everything because he's not really believing the story that they tell him so he leaves and then that's when your boy uh kurt fuller you know it's like well maybe you can tell some of our people downstairs and that's when they end up getting put in the damn mental hospital <laughs> so so yeah you was right he is he's pretty much the villain so far of the movie at this point yeah he is he really is you you, you can you can see that, like, clearly, like, he just don't like... I guess, like, maybe he think they outshine him, or they just idiots, and he just trying to look good in his boss eyes, maybe. But, but, that's, but see, that's the stupid thing about it. Why would he think that they would make the, make the mayor look bad when they literally had to save the city again? I'm pretty sure that was all over the news with them saving, you know, at the courthouse and everything. I'm pretty sure that was all over the news <laughs> and everything was that. So why would he think? But then again, there's people that's like that, that they just have this, this weird thought process when it comes to certain things. So, mm. but yeah, so I guess he felt like, well, the best thing to do is to get them out of the way. So while they end up getting put into the mental hospital, that's when, um, well, we even talk about when Dana goes back to the apartment and she, and she find Lewis and, um, and Janine, on the couch, you know, uh, fooling around or whatnot. Her hair is all over her head. His hair is all over his head. Um, his pants is <laughs> unzipped and everything. It's just like, what the hell is going on? And she's just looking like, yeah, it is what it is. And he, he's like scared to death. <laughs> what would you think about that, though? It was funny. She's just like, oh, whatever. And then, um, there's like, well, you know, should we just leave? It's like, nah, I don't want to leave her by herself. So that that was sweet, you know. And then they literally continue what they was doing. Yeah, and then after that, they they sitting there watching the movie and everything, and she's feeding him mm -hmm. popcorn, which is like that's kind of gross, but um, everything. <laughs> you don't want nobody feed you popcorn, Jay. She's no because she's taking her hand, putting it to the bowl, putting it to his mouth, and then taking her hand and putting it back into the bowl. 
Now, Kyle, you in this OCD? If 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 you with your you know with your lady, you know whatever. No, you no, know, I'm saying that because. I'm saying that because Dana's right there. What if Dana wanted some popcorn? She couldn't get none out of that. I, I, I doubt she wanted that shit. So, <laughs> so, so they said that. How in the yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because she's sitting there like she pissed anyway. Because her date was ruined. You know, because Peter got arrested. Wow, she's seven years old. I'm sorry. I'm Damn, about going I thought it was old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I, mean, I know she was older, but wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's not anyway, forget. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well, let's not forget. The first Alien movie came out in 1979. Seven, yeah. Right. I know. I know. But, like, good for her age. Like, yeah. all right. Okay. Gotcha. Hey, I didn't know she was 70. But, yeah. I mean, I know she was older, but I didn't, you know. She's 79. Damn. And think oh, about wow. that, too. Okay. So, this is when this movie came out in 89. She had already done the first two Alien movies. Cause this came out three years after Alien, Aliens, and what mm-hmm. four years before the third one. Mm, gotcha. That's crazy. But um, but yeah. So while they all there sitting there watching the movie, because at this point, yeah, I forgot to mention too early on that Yano she becomes like a a minion for Vigo, who is still alive inside this freaking painting, but he uses. He uses Janos uh, as his uh, like his minion to do his bidding for him to some mm-hmm. So he basically have him. He basically turns him to a, like a like a ghost granny or something. I wouldn't. I'm like, what the hell is this? He comes flying in because some way somehow Oscar ends up on the freaking ledge <laughs> outside, and they're trying to you know get Oscar back in. But here come Granny Janos with a freaking carrot. <laughs> He comes flying in there and he takes the baby and leaves and everything. But I mean, seriously, like, how did Oscar even get out there on the damn ledge? I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I gave them a lot of credit this move for certain things. I don't know. But uh, it, it was one part before this, a little bit prior before this, kind of blending a little bit. But when they, um, well, she was telling them basically like when she worked there, and they went to go take pictures of the oh. painting. And that was funny. And then she was like, I-, "I feel like someone is like literally like you know staring at me or something like that." And then that's when um uh which one of them somebody got hypnotized. Right. Uh, kind of. Right. Okay. Yeah, he got hypnotized, but you don't really tell, you know, until like later. <laughs> but he got hypnotized a-, a little bit, you know, a little bit. So it wasn't like to the point like you can like see it but just at that you know at certain points or whatever and I, I just got a kick out of Peter just like basically like belittling the damn painting and shit and then you know the painting really wanted to do something but he couldn't you know because it's like a bunch of people so I like that part <laughs> so here's uh, some trivia for you right so the guy who plays Vigo, I'm not even gonna attempt to say his name because it's it's a it's one of those Swedish type names, um and everything. But him, he was pissed when he went to the premiere to see the movie because the voice for Vigo is not his voice. <laughs> they dubbed his voice. Oh. Yes, it's actually the actor uh, Max von Sydow who's best known for the original Exorcist movie and a bunch of stuff after that. I mean, he's pretty much been in everything. 
um, or whatnot. But he's the voice for Vigo, not the actual actor. So basically, they did a Star Wars with Darth Vader, where the actor that's in the suit, they didn't use his voice. They used James Earl Jones' voice because it sounded better. The same thing what they did with this dude. That's kind of like, it's kind of messed up, though. Yeah, like a little it, bit, like it is, it is. Especially, like, especially if you're taking your family and whatnot, you know, like yeah, I'm in this movie and everything. I'm the villain, blah blah blah. You get there and this thing, you know, like that's not my voice. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> he was pissed. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> he was. He probably cussed out. I'd be mad too, though. Like, yeah, right? Like, why? Like, at least tell him. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, kind of tell him. I mean, even or he gonna be pissed, but like going into that, you know, you were so excited to see, like, what the fuck, like, who the hell is this? I, I mean, okay, well, I don't, I don't think I ever saw like the trailer for, it, but I wonder if he talk in the trailer because you can clearly see in the trailer before it come out, but I don't know if he like he was talking in the trailer. No, I don't, you know, think, I don't in I don't the think, movies. I don't think they show anything of him like talking in the trailer. Okay, because I'm like, if they do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of get the, okay, somebody. But they, they should at least tell this man. Yeah, it's like, you know, tell him, like, okay, they getting into post-production. You know, they, they could easily just call them and say, hey, you know, um, we decided to dub your voice over with another mm. actor because we feel his voice sounds a little bit better, blah, blah, blah. At least let the man know ahead of it. But don't have this man get into his finest Unless seat. he was going to quit. No, I'm talking. No, I mean right. post production where they do the, you know, everything. Everything's been filmed at that point, so it's like, oh, you can't back out. Of oh, now. okay, post, you know, oh, right, right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, let them know in post and whatnot. After the movie's already done, it's like they going through. It's like, yeah, we gonna do this, blah blah blah. You know, let them know then. But don't have the man get into his best, you know, suit or whatnot. Have his probably his wife and, and his whole family come to the premiere or whatnot. And then you get there, and the movie's going on. It's like, that's not my voice. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> So then you have every right to be pissed, basically, at that point. So, so um, getting back to the movie. Um, so after Oscar gets taken and everything, and the Ghostbusters are uh, in the mental institute, and the doc, well, this is where we get another cameo from, where we get a cameo by Bobby Brown, who is the one, when they go to the mayor's office, which I forgot to mention. He, he makes his cameo there um, and everything. And then the doctor that's over the mental institute and everything, that's actually Bill Murray's older brother in real life. Right, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, I mean, yep, he, uh, yeah, he's yeah. showing up in quite a few Bill Murray movies too anyway. Because matter of fact, he's, mm-hmm. he's in um, he's in Caddyshack. He's also uh, in um, Groundhog Day and a couple of other movies with him. So, yeah, so he shows up. He's the one that's over the thing and over now. So while they're there in the mental hospital, that's when we see the the pink ooze starts to rise up and everything. And just this whole montage of all this craziness that's going on around the city. Just what do you think about like that with different monsters and everything? It was just, it was a lot. Like you, you could tell the movie was about to end very soon when this part happened. And I was just like, it was a lot to take in. Like everybody woke up at this point. <laughs> all all uh, the gooey people. So yeah, but well, also too, that comes back to um, what we was talking about earlier too about the special effects. Because like the the woman with the with the coat, and when the dog freaking animals come alive on the coat, and then she got to throw it off, and then it goes running down the street. It was like, 
okay, how they do this? Well, that one, I mean, I could probably understand how they do that one. Um, but then, too, of course, to get the little monster that comes up, I think it's in Times Square, and where when he comes through the thing, he like, roar type of crap. And it sounds like somebody doing it, opposed to it being a real roar and everything. Um, and then, which is one of my favorites, is when the Titanic shows up and Cheech and the other guy, they looking at me, seeing the people from the Titanic getting off. And just that look on Cheech's face is priceless. Um, and everything. But it, like I said, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Is that whole montage of the monsters, you know, attacking, basically. So, because of all that that's happened or whatnot. You know, and, and the mayor is trying to figure out, like, what the hell is going on? Why is this happening? Say, look, I know we didn't want to deal with the Ghostbusters, but now we have to. And rather than me allowing the city to get sucked into the 10th level of hell... No, get the Ghostbusters, let them take care of this mess. So, of course, your boy, oh, uh, Kurt Fuller, basically, oh, uh, well, they, they're they unavailable. He's like, what do you mean they're unavailable? It's like, well, I had them committed. You, He's like, you what? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? And thinks, well, I, was, I was adding your best interest in this, that, and the other. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you're fired. <laughs> and, it's like, and so they get him out of there. And it's like, get the Ghostbusters. I didn't realize how short he was, too. Yeah, yeah he was short. Like, He's short, like it compared to him. I was like, God damn! I know, I know he was a certain height, but like compared to him, he just looked like a child. But then again, Kurt Fuller is is tall, so but he is he's real short too. So yeah, but that that dynamic was kind of funny, especially with him pushing him away. <laughs> they need to tell the other dude to get him out of there, which he literally right <laughs> yanks him. I don't know if you if you catch that, he literally yanks him, opens the door, and pushes him out the door. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Oh, so that's like, like, yeah, get him out of this. Like, get me the Ghostbusters. So they, of course, you know, they show up and everything. And they get a hero's welcome because at this point, the freaking museum has been covered in the, the slime and everything. Because that's basically ground zero. So they show up and everybody's cheering them on, this, that, and the other, and whatnot. And they're going to try to, you know, blast the freaking thing or whatnot. And it has no effects. And everybody starts to lose hope and everything. So they basically have to regroup <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and and how and how exactly did they regroup, Keeper? They went to go get something that that is very huge in New York City <laughs> and it's very green in the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, when I first saw this one, I was like, my favorite part as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is tight. As an adult, it's still one of my favorite parts. It just, I love how they like basically explain the gooey stuff. Remember what the toaster stuff, so they just basically put it in her and then with the music, they on top or whatever of the crown. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And then they literally walk in New York, you know, basically going to the museum and like kind of save uh, Dana and the baby Oscar from the bad, bad wolf is the villain. Yeah, and and let's not forget your boy, um, Janos. They had to hose him down. <laughs> they hose him down. Ray, it comes back. So a lot of stuff do get resolved at the end of the movie. Ray mm, comes yeah. back where Ray basically gets possessed and turns into some blob. That was thing. hilarious. <laughs> so they had to hose him down. The, the one of the funny thing is when they all was in there and like they basically like all, like completely done, but you have Lois, Lois, he's at literally at the 
outside, outside, you know, trying to like figure it out what they was doing earlier. And it literally opens up, and they're like, you did it. He's like, I did it. Like, he was like, oh, shit, I did it. Like, oh, my God. And they, like, literally, like, think he did it, but he didn't do nothing for real. So. No, he didn't. he didn't. But that was, like, the greatest moment of his life and everything right there. Yeah. But well, same- maybe second. Maybe second, you know. The kissing scene might be first, but okay. Yeah, uh, eh, maybe. <laughs> Knowing his mindset, you might be right. Um, But... It, but it's kind of crazy too because when he decides to become a freaking Ghostbuster and whatnot, and he has to, he got to take the bus to get there. <laughs> right with the big worm. I remember that toy actually. Slimer, okay. Slimer, Slimer's driving the freaking bus. Like what the hell? Oh man! So it's like, oh, it's you. It's like, oh, I didn't, ha- I didn't, I didn't know you had your driver's license. <laughs> So Slimer basically dropped him off at the museum. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, how the hell did he take over a bus? They need to show that scene. Like, how did he? How did he get into this bus and just take it over? He's still making the well, yeah, he's still making the stops because he pick up freaking Lewis. So he's facing the bus driver now. Well, he got a job, I guess. Ugh, it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, they end up getting to the big fight with um with Vigo. Gets him back into the painting, and they save the day, basically, or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, Ghostbusters two. Um, your overall um thoughts and recommendation for the movie? I really enjoyed the movie. It had you know the Scooby Doo ish, you know the mystery type, and there's a comedy on top of that. Uh, Peter was like one of my highlights in the movie, and uh, Lewis as well for some odd reason, and Ray. Like those were my big people, and I like the logic in some of this, as far as like you know, Dana and Peter, like far as their stuff. That was fine. Um, Recommendation, yeah, you should watch it. It's a really good movie, and it came out years ago. I mean, it depends how old you are, right? But I think you would enjoy it if you want to watch a comedy and go back and watch the first one, like I'm doing now. So I gotta go watch like the ending of it. But yeah, like it's a really good sh- um show. Jesus, a uh, good movie, and Jay he did good on this one. So thanks, Jay. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, do you have a favorite character? I just kind of said it, but uh, um, if I want to be different, um, well, I can't really can't. I mean, the judge, like the judge. he's like one of my favorites. <laughs> like he was one of my favorite. Just his reaction to the whole thing was funny. So yeah, that's like my favorite character. I guess. Well, you know, besides like the main people, but, like yeah. outside the main people, that's my favorite character. So. All right. And the baby did good. The babies. Yeah. So, um, as far as for me, uh, yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorites to watch. Also, like I've been watching since I was a kid and everything. Um, if I had to pick a favorite character and to kind of piggyback off of you to go against someone that's not a part of the main cast, uh, I, I probably go with freaking Cheech. Just he don't he don't really say, he only say one line, but just the face that he makes the whole time <laughs> reacting to what's going on because <laughs> you, you now I'm, uh let's see when you was watching it because i got it on blu-ray all right so mm-hmm. when you were watching it 
and you know the part where they get in the Statue of Liberty. It's like, well, I can't wait till they see us come ashore and everything. Do they show the mm-hmm. the reaction of him and the other guy to that too? Uh, I watched on TV. They was well. You talking about when they was in the street? No. Uh, okay. So you like I say after you know they get into the Statue of Liberty, they're there in the water. Right. You know, they're walking, and and Ray he said, right. "Well, I can't wait to their reaction to when we come ashore." Right after that, uh, right after that, it shows where Cheech and that guy that was still at the dock, they looking. Is, is, is that oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so, okay, so that is, yeah, that. yeah. like I said, it just, the look that's on his face is just priceless. Just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, you imagine the, the, the damn capital walking around, you like, what the fuck? Like, he just be like, huh? Yep. What, is this, what is going on here? Like, you know what I'm saying? She had a White House behind him, like, what the fuck is going on? Why are they fighting each other? What the hell's happening right here in DC? But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I go with Cheech as my um, my favorite one. Um, okay. Any, any last words? Uh, rating I would give it just because I always watch this movie and it's a good. I, I would literally just give it an A for my own personal reasons. Okay. But if I was like recommending you know, other people in general, probably a B plus. It's good. Okay. I liked it. Right. I, I love comedy movies, so yeah. yeah. And this one has a good mix of everything, really. So mm-hmm. um, I ain't afraid no ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. It's all fun and games until until you end up like the mayor having heard. having to have a conversation that's no. been with somebody that's been no. dead for forty no. years. <laughs> not not afraid of no ghosts. I don't like horror. That's a difference. So, but yeah, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. So. And it's kind of funny. I, I I ended movie sequel month with basically two horror ish movies because Evil Dead Two is definitely a horror movie uh, with some comedy stuff in it too. And then this one is more of a, you know, kind of a lighthearted comedy with some horror stuff to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, of course, thank you, Keita, for joining me for this to talk about some Ghostbusters 2. Um, I feel like that's becoming a thing with us. We're starting to talk quite a few sequels here recently. Uh, well, don't ask me what was the last one we did. I don't remember, but yeah, Major League Two. I think you like, but one. we didn't do it on we didn't do it on, on movie talk. We did it on well, on this one, this one, not not our show. Yeah, this show. I don't know. Was it? No, it wasn't Predator. No, no, it wasn't. Well, it we was still need. To, we well, did. we still need to do uh, Goon Two. We still need to do that one. That's that's still on the no. list. Mm, whose fault is that one? <laughs> oh, that's both of our fault, actually. So. Uh, I forget why we didn't do it. Well, I, I know, well, I know why we didn't do it the first time. So, what, what, wait, this is last year, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, I was like, why we didn't do it last year? Yes. Love so, that's why. <laughs> so, like I said, I know why we didn't do it right, the first time. Right, right, right. Family emergency issues yeah. happened, yeah. and I was just like. It. So, not yeah. the movie. The movie's good. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, we need to do that actually. So, right. we will have that back on whatever you like. So, maybe, maybe December. How about that? Mm. Ho, 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 ho. Sure, that's fine. All right. So, yeah, we plan. So, sometime in December, Keto will be back on uh, movie talk when we're gonna talk goon. If it don't happen, that means he didn't pay me. Ladies and gentlemen, and thank you guys for listening to me. 
I, t- I told you your, your check is in the mail. So blame <laughs> blame that guy that's in your nope. No, no, I'm not blaming the post office at all. I didn't say the post you office. You had plenty of time before this crap happened. I didn't say the post office. You had plenty of time to mail it or Amazon Prime or, you know, Uber Eats or Lyft Delivery, whatever. You had plenty of time, sir, sir, to do it. Uh, and you did Um, Let's see. Well, do you want to do you want to promote or plug anything? Um. No, not really. Just you know, hello. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm I'm on uh, the Twitter at the Kita and Jay Show. Well, I meant to say Kita Kita um, Twitter page is yeah, you know, Occasionally, I'll be on it now. I'm trying to get back in the rhythm. It just when you're in a certain fan base, I'm not going to mention on here, but it's like sometimes you just get discouraged a little bit to be on Twitter. Mind you, you shouldn't because it's, it's good things on there and good people as well. You know, you just, you just got to like kind of pick the room. So I picked the room. I got Jay. So yeah. Pray, Jay. See, that was so sweet of me. See? Oh. Yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> you're definitely right. <laughs> you're definitely right about that. Uh, you do have to pick through it. Literally, um, there's a lot of that pink ooze yeah. all over Twitter, <laughs> right? We ain't afraid of no ghosts, but we definitely would like Tasia mm. ass. Mm. <laughs> or whatever, mm. whatever the hell that thing said, but okay. yeah. But uh, as far as for me, of course, you can find me on the, the Twitter also at J Movie Talk on my personal page, the J Giles. Um, of course, you can find all of the Movie Talk episodes of our the TV Zone Podcast Network. Our host site, of course, is Anchor, but you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. Just type in TV Zone Podcast Network, and it'll come up, and you can find Movie Talk as well as all the other shows that are part of the network. Um, thank you guys for listening to Movie Sequel Month. Um, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to be doing for September, but... I got some time to think about it. So when I know, I'll let you guys know. Uh, last words, Keita. I ain't afraid no ghosts. All right. Those are the last words. And I will catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>